welcome to Dialogue Central. I'm Maha. This is Aditya. I'm Karma. And I'm Aro. And today, we're going to be talking about the large event, the one we've been waiting for for almost eight years, Dubai Expo 2021. So let's get started. So why was Dubai chosen for the Expo? I think personally, that Dubai was chosen because of its amazing trading hub and how, especially in the main 2010s, how it's grown so amazing, how it's grown so much in tourism, especially in terms of just how famous it's gotten internationally due to its largest museum, sorry, largest mall, and for example, Hoss building and this amazing world creep that it's created. Yeah, I agree with Karma. I think that Dubai's location also established it as a prime choice for the expo because. If you think about it, there's so many financial headquarters here as well. HSBC has a building here. Massive tech companies like Microsoft have a building here. It's a huge hub for trading in the zone. Yeah, and along with finance, we also have diversity and immigration in Dubai on how we have over 99% of people just being expats. So being in a community that is so diverse, as well as having the expo, we can have people from all over the world together in one event. Yeah, and I find it really cool that it's... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the first places to be near the Middle East or exactly a hub in the Middle East. And that's very cool because it adds some cultural diversity to the expo. And since Dubai isn't just, you know, a sole culture, like you said, Aditya, extremely diverse, it makes it even more special. Yeah. So what are you most excited about in the expo? I'm personally excited for just how, like you said, it's almost like a cultural and diversity hub. So I'm excited for just the sheer amount of uh, things that we can expect and find, especially with its new sort of um, theory of how there's different pavilions for each country. There's a Canadian, there's a UK. I think that's really amazing because it not only shows how diverse and how all these amazing theories and ideas that change the world are sort of coming together and they're from all over the world, but also it sort of allows these, it also sort of gets, allows everyone in the world to get excited because they sort of think, oh, you know, my country's going to, you know, be represented and they get really excited. So I think it's a great idea. And it's just sort of amazing because then you can also know sort of like what to expect. Because And also I think it sort of also brings a bit of, uh, because a lot of expats here live in Dubai, uh, that you can sort of find a bit of home, I guess, in the expo and you can sort of visit your own pavilion, which I think is very cool. Yeah. And I think when we look at pavilions, we look at different countries. We also look at what's being presented there and that's either cultural values from each pavilion. So for example, for the Indian pavilion, you would have a taste of Diwali maybe or certain Indian snacks or sweets. And it's not just about what's special about each country, but what it's there to offer. And that's technology, which is one of the main um, implications of the expo. To see how Dubai has grown and developed so much over the past few years, we've seen how uh, technological development has improved so much with now flying cars coming in the future, or maybe um, new robots or models coming into place, the expo is the place to see for new advancements. Yeah, I completely agree with Aditya. The thing I'm most excited for is the fact that you have so many countries, I think around 190, working together at the World Expo so that the ideas that are showcased here, they can collaborate on it and improve them even further. I completely agree with Arab. And in a way, it's kind of a step up from Global Village, which is just a seasonal fair um, in Dubai, and it's around five dirhams to get into. But now, when you upgrade to Expo 2020, it's again the same idea of 
all these different cultures, over 190 countries, except it's also showing their innovation and not just their ethnicities. Exactly. It sort of shows a perfect blend of not only their culture to sort of produce diversity, but also what amazing things they can produce from each uh, country. And so it shows how all countries all have their own amazing piece of knowledge and uh, innovation to share with the world. Exactly. And it sort of shows that each country has more than one story. For example, I know that Nigeria has a plan to reduce hunger to zero. And you wouldn't expect that from that type of country, but because they're so advanced and they want to show that, it's amazing to show that at the actual expo. Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing, for example, I know that I think that uh, the expo is doing a sort of tribute to Stephen Hawking, for example, in the artificial intelligence sector, that's going to be in the UK pavilion, which I think actually sort of surprised me when I learned about it, because I expected the US to do it because of its Silicon Valley and all those major tech companies. But I found it quite pleasantly surprising to know that it's that one of the newest tech uh, sort of concepts, artificial intelligence, would be in the UK pavilion. Yeah. Credibility, I think, is one of the main factors. Like she said, a tribute to Stephen Hawking, many other scientists and discoverers are also being represented at the expo. So it's not only to see what's in the future, but also to reflect at the past, look at people to see where we are today and why we are today because of them. And I think it's it, that's what makes the expo special. Well, I completely agree with your point, Adesia. And that's very, it's amazing just because Dubai can also show what they've done over the past 50 years, which we all know is exponentially improving <laughs> everything, yeah. Yeah. being the best at everything. And that goes from them putting a woman in space. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is actually going to be shown through... I think it's a pavilion, and it shows astronauts, especially Hazel Mansouri. And you can, in fact, put your face on the astronaut Hazel Mansouri <laughs> just to show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I want to talk about what will the Expo actually do for the UAE? Well, if you're talking about what it's going to do for the UAE, as it is, tourism is a huge part of the UAE's economy. We gain so much money from tourism. And in fact, some emirates in the UAE are trying to move away from oil into tourism. And the fact that such a huge world event is taking place in Dubai means that, in my opinion, the tourism to the UAE is going to be boosted completely, especially because there's now long site plans for the expo site. Yeah. And I think one of the main Expo 2020 aims is to increase awareness amongst people and bringing humanity on a global scale. Because as we've seen with the pandemic, with the amount of money the UAE has put into the expo, especially Dubai. And with the pandemic striking immediately, we've seen um, how there are some sort of financial losses in um, certain buildings or in certain industries. So the expo is actually a way to combat that and um, do- let Dubai not fall into maybe <laughs> financial loss again. I agree. And also one thing I'm, I'm quite excited for also is how not only what will they do in terms of bring new innovations, but also amazing innovations in sustainability as it's one of the greatest and sort of one thing that we need the most in such a time uh, due to increase, for example, um, global waste from, for example, mass from the pandemic. One thing I found really amazing is the new Terra sustainability platform uh, that will be shown at the expo. And I'm looking at some of the, uh, I'm looking at some of these sort of concepts and the place that you can go to within the platform. It honestly sounds so fun yet educational. For example, you can uh, dive, it's, phrases are wander through forest roots and dive into ocean depths which i find not only appealing but also very educational because you can also for example i'm thinking you can teach lots of youth and 
one of the main things is teaching you. So you can teach them about all these amazing things about the world. But also, they're also showing this uh, new feature called Sea Earth's Wonders Corrupted, which I find really great because it's not only showing how amazing the world can be, but also our quite devastating impact on the planet. And it's on, and also outlining that instead of just sort of hiding behind it and saying that you know, what we've done to the world is amazing, you know? Yeah. And I find it kind of ironic because Dubai is in the middle of a desert. <laughs> and for them to show all of these different biomes and what they're doing to benefit those biomes or even detriment those biomes um, makes the expo really universal. Yeah. And when we talk about the safety of Earth as well, I think it's important to address how we're still in a pandemic. And we like to talk about safety amongst people because we have people coming from all over the world. And now, as we've seen, Dubai has been in a decrease in cases to almost 300 now. And in certain places, masks are no longer mandatory. What are these certain requirements needed for a person's personal safety against the virus at the expo? As with many other places right now, I'm going to make the assumption that masks are still mandatory because while I agree that the UAE has handled the pandemic very, very well to lead to such a huge decrease in cases, we can't let our guard down until we know for sure COVID is gone. Because now with new variants such as the Delta variant, it can spread again, uh, again very quickly. Exactly. And especially leading up to the expo, if there is a sudden spike, that could be detrimental to the actual tourists who come. Yeah. And therefore, this could all be for nothing. I heavily doubt that. But that's why they need to be very careful. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> Especially since it's such a global event. And that means that people from all over the world could possibly be coming. While it's amazing that, for example, if there's a spike at the UAE, it could impact the tourists. But also, if there were tourists coming that could possibly have COVID, that could also be a detriment to us. So I think it's a two-way street. We both have to be like unbelievably careful because this is such an amazing event that I think everyone is looking forward to. So we, I think it's going to be amazing. Ne That's true. Nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. I think Expo with these, I mean, masks are still mandatory at the Expo, but what they've done is that people need to have at least a vaccination report before they enter the Expo. And as well, if they're not vaccinated, they need a negative PCR test 48 hours before. So certain requirements that are needed, which is given by the DHA. So Dubai has been handling the expo and COVID at the same time. So um, I don't think the, the expo uh, will like shut or not commence because the way Dubai has been handling it these past one and a half years, um, the expo should run smoothly. Yeah, and I think what Aditya said just shows how well Dubai handled the expo because ever since it was postponed last year, they've been working extremely hard to make sure that this year it runs smoothly. And I think I agree with the teacher that they made sure that there are certain safety requirements to prove that there is no jeopardization of the event again. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but my uncle who um, was handling all the drones in Expo, wow. um, he got 10 free tickets per employee. And that just shows the amount of people they're expecting that they're willing to give 10 free tickets <laughs> yeah. to each person. Yeah. So they don't want to, you know. Yeah ruin that of course so do you guys have any ideas on how they'll make it more sustainable i know karma's already touched on it but any new ideas well i know for sure that one of the three main sub themes of the expo is sustainability so i'm extremely excited to see what comes after that is that i mean if not for the fact 
that there's over a hundred countries just working together at the expo and showcasing their own ideas on how they think they can improve the future. Just because there's an entire sub theme dedicated to the topic sustainability also will help and showcase the ideas that we can get. Yeah, and the sustainability pavilion in the expo is also one of the largest. And the Dubai Expo is over 25,000 square meters. So that's huge. And as well as everything powered in the expo is with the use of solar panels and biofuels and technology, which is not harming the planet at all. So when we talk about sustainability, we can see from the expo itself how they're trying to prove themselves to the world, how Dubai is managing all of these requirements. And one thing I found interesting is how on its website, I think that they thought so clean, so quickly and so amazingly about all of these different factors. Uh, but for example, how they're, one of them is how they're going to sort of create a sustainable expo site. And there's, I think, about probably 12 different solutions that I find honestly quite amazing. One that I'm really excited, one I'm really interested in is how they're reducing water consumption. So it says that, of course, this is quite ironic because while we are in a desert, there's still quite a large sort of amount of water usage due to increased tourism and such. But, but it says here that the, uh, in 2019 alone, they achieved a 52.4% reduction of water demand in their expo buildings as it was being built, which I find amazing because they, ha- they hacked entirely. So I'm saying if they can do something as amazing as halving an entire water bill for such a large site, as you said, Aditya, that it's amazing to even think of what they can do in the future when it regards to water, soil erosion, uh, clean energy and such. Yeah, and I know Aditya and Karma both touched on this, but they actually managed to improve their clean energy supply by a ridiculous amount because they have over 4,900 solar panels producing energy at the sustainability site. And according to their site, it can charge over 900,000 mobile phones yearly, which just shows how much effort people at the expo are making to make sure that it's sustainable. Yes, and speaking of which, they also created a specific pavilion to show how food is grown in a desert farm. And that just shows (laughs) how the country has created all the sustainability in crops over the past 20 years. And it's quite ironic. Food and vegetation in the desert doesn't even make sense. But that's that's why they want to show their knowledge and training and experience of how to do this with the rest of the world. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, correct me if I'm getting a bit too poetic, but I think this is also a bit of a great metaphor for the UAE of how of showing how they're sort of achieving the impossible and in such a uh, environmentally challenged country with, you know, a lack of water and uh, vegetation. And I think for the expo for it to be this big, support is needed. And it's it's alarming to see that there, there are over... 30,000 volunteers who volunteered themselves to be and help at the expo. And with those 30,000 people, over 135 different nationalities are a part of it. So we can see how the expo has brought people from all over the world together, creating something new and something different. And speaking of which, they also created a specific solar-powered home of tomorrow at the Diva Pavilion. Um, and the Diva Pavilion basically this solar-powered roof um, to the temperature buffing entryway and this allows for futuristic touches such as drone delivery hatches and weight measuring bathroom floors which is extremely extremely advanced but it doesn't seem too far away (laughs) Um, they also these mundane uh, petrol stations which we see every five kilometers are also going to be touched up into these 
really efficient tree canopies with almost 50% of them being electrical. That way it shows how the UAE is also trying to develop and um, make the world understand that they're also on the nature's side. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> but does any is anyone aware about the pricings of tickets for the expo? Because you said your uncle gave like 10 free tickets yeah. and even in my dad's office, they're giving out free tickets for friends and their family. So to see how many people are being getting free tickets, I'm intrigued not only by the number of people, but how much do they cost and are they free for students like us? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting that you said that because I think they're also starting an initiative to try and take schools to the expo exactly. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that touches on Karma's point showing that it's all about youth because the youth is our next generation. They're going to create the innovation and therefore we need to include them in these massive events. And yeah. talking about inclusion, the people in charge of the expo are making efforts to actually include people because they made it free for people of determination to enter the expo, which means now people of determination who are already struggling with their abilities and just showing us how strong they are can experience what everybody else experiences without the struggle holding them back. That's inspirational. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely. So I think for tickets, uh, I'm aware, is it like 85 dirhams, 90 yeah. around that? Range? Yeah, it's 95 dirhams. But one thing I find interesting is I'm looking at the website and it all shows 18 to 59 years, which implies that maybe I'm not. Oh, actually, though, that's very interesting. So it shows that adults 18 to 59 years are, are uh, 95 dirhams, but for people of determination, students, kids and youth, and senior citizens are all free tickets. I mean, that doesn't say more youth of what the expo is trying to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've had that quite amazing, too, because if that doesn't, I guess, encourage schools to sort of take their uh, students on trips to the expo, I don't know what does. Because also, I think that, personally, for me, I'd love to go on a field trip to the expo, especially since I have, especially since field trips have been shut down due to the pandemic. And I'd say that's sort of one, bit, one very nice, maybe even for an entire day, that would be a great start to sort of, uh, out of school trips again due to the pandemic that we've missed. Yeah, I completely agree with Karma. I would love to go on a field trip to the expo. And you know what? I think one of the main reasons that the people in charge of the expo are actually making it free for so many people is because they want to send a message to people like young students worldwide on how they can help improve the future. And they're trying to inspire them to come up with their own ideas to improve the future. Yeah, I completely agree, um, especially on what you said about uh, teaching youth to improve the future. Jack just sort of draws me to another point about how uh, recently connected to the expo, there was a competition called Next Gen 10, in which uh, a team called DebateMate, a UK company, and uh, the Expo 2020 partnered with HSBC to start a uh, competition called Next Gen 10, which called on, uh, I think it was uh, children of age 9 to 15 or 14, to sort of share their ideas on how to improve uh, all society and sort of improve sustainability. There are multiple questions. I think the three main ones were how do we improve sustainability? How do we uh, make sure, how do we improve and make education more modern? And what they found really interesting is how they're also keeping in, in touch with culture and they're not moving completely towards modernism, which was how do we make sure the creative arts aren't lost? I found a really amazing topic. 
So I actually entered the, the this competition in uh, January, late April. And out of 800 participants, I was actually chosen to be one of the top 50 speakers. Yeah, yeah. Job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Uh, which I found it was incredible. So it was a two-week process. And we had weekly, and it, we had two calls a week for two weeks. And each one was, a, I think, two hours long. But it was an amazing experience. There were lots of uh, breakout rooms. And I got to get in touch with a lot of other kids like me who had amazing ideas. Were they international? Yeah, uh, so they were all based. They weren't international, but they were based in the mid in the Middle East, mainly in Dubai as well. So I remember there's this one girl who was actually a, it was amazing because you can connect with other kids and across schools. So there's one girl who's a bit like me. She's the same age as me, and she was actually really bold and amazing, and she was really interested in actually growing vegetation on, for example, Mars and in space. And she actually had this whole plan, and I remember uh, she shared her screen. There's a schematics of. It's like she sketched out what she think it would look like on a spaceship, which I found amazing because I think she was one year younger than me. And even myself at year eight or so, I would have never thought to draw a whole schematics of how to draw veg of how to grow vegetation. Yeah. That's exactly what I find amazing about sort of next gen 10 and this competition. Cause it's such a good idea because sort of subconsciously you're uh, getting all 800 youth, uh, kids of youth to, uh, come up with amazing ideas on sustainability and the future and for example personally me my topic was on um enhancing and making electric cars more safe by using quantum technology oh, wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so by using for example improving car batteries they're more durable and there's less accidents due to faulty car batteries but i think that personally if i hadn't sort of involved myself in the competition i would have never even thought to even take a step into the quantum size so i think that especially i'm one at one out of 800 children that it's honestly an amazing concept and it's such a great idea. And one of the amazing things was they didn't really have a particular uh, incentive. But what, one thing that was really cool was if you uh, needed to do a five-minute speech in the interview, I didn't get through to the final round. I know the uh, 10, so out of the 50 kids that did their speeches, there were 10 kids that made it through. And those children will actually speak at the expo. I think in wow. the, I'm not sure which pavilion, but I think it's just amazing to think that a competition that could, give you that opportunity to speak in front of all these thousands of people i think that was partially even though there's a money prize that was probably the best incentive for me because i just thought it would have been such an incredible opportunity i know the other kids did too so yeah, yeah i know it is so cool wow. yeah and, and i i think what karma said just really shows how so many young people these days are learning the importance of their own ideas and are inspired to create their own ideas and improvements for the future and work towards getting them worldwide Yes, it sort of shows that age is but a number. Yeah, exactly. Yes. When we see the development of this competition and the expo, we see how everything, or as the expo calls it, people of determination, the youth, it, I think it's about inspiring people like us to go out there, to know that there's no limit, to do what you want and to create, to create something to make the world a better place overall. And the expo for you guys, for you students, listening to this this is the best place to be at to go find yourself immerse yourself with anything you want and be passionate and stay determined uh yeah i completely agree and sort of drawing back to i've opened up the website and the top 10 finalists uh these are children age from age i think the lowest is 11 and top is 14 so children our age some of the ideas are honestly amazing for example um co2 absorbing drone and the idea is that i strongly believe that science is and technology can provide solutions. And uh, his, 
And for example, his one of his greatest ideas is from Elon Musk, and who created SpaceX, Tesla, and the Hyperloop. Mm-hmm. And he he quote, "I aspire to be an innovative entrepreneur like Elon Musk." So I personally think that sort of tying back to diversity and representing all countries, that if you sort of combine uh, what competition is doing along with sort of certain uh, figures in sustainability and sort of figures like Elon Musk that we see in Bill Gates, along with plenty of others. And it's really growing and it's really ensuring the safety and uh, how amazing our, this next generation can be and sort of changing the world. Yeah. Um, I just want to say one thing. Uh, the person who you, cho- who you chose, Karma, to name is actually one of my friends out really? of school. Yeah, oh, wow. um, we went to primary school together and he still lives in the same area as I. And I, we like, we both uh, also started like talking and planning about this project. So uh, it's not related to the topic, but yeah, I just wanted <laughs> oh, to say so that. Cool. That's oh, actually yeah. Well, congrats today. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's amazing because if you think about it, I know actually one of my friends uh, who also joined Next Gen 10 with me. Uh, his idea was to create a uh, more innovative sort of type of car using a type of metal alloy that was actually I think being discovered in uh, space which I think was also amazing so if you think about how unique and different each idea is because the amount of thought gone into this this is for example the all these amazing ideas that's one out of 800 so 800 incredible ideas from you know children that are not even some of them are not even considered tweens or even teenagers yet and the fact that this is all coming from sort of right innovative minds is I think honestly I still can't get my head around how amazing it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, children they can make the most profound of discoveries without even knowing it. Because I guarantee you no adult would even consider looking at space for a metal alloy. <laughs> yeah. But a child would. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of which, I also think the expo isn't just about pavilions, but it's also about creating a sense of community. Because I believe that every day People can just go for runs around the massive expo. Exactly. Um, and I think it's over 190 countries which mm. can do these marathons or triathlons in the wow, expo. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, fitness is also one of the major parts. I think in November and December, we also have sort of fitness challenges which come up from the expo and how they're trying to not only create more sustainability, but for people to be more fit and healthy. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a good thing they're doing that because... I think during the pandemic and during lockdown, not only did many people get impacted mentally, as well as physically, they might not have been able to do fitness-related activities that they enjoyed doing prior to the pandemic. And I love that because it's as if the UAE adapted to COVID and how they can you know, emerge from the ruins of COVID <laughs> and come out better. Um, and I also think, relating back to youth and even younger children, they created a playground called the Tifa's Playground. And you can bounce over nets and play, but here's the catch, in a zero-gravity chamber. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going. That, that is so... Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that is... That, <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I don't know what the science to do without in the zero gravity chamber i thought that was only possible to experience weightlessness in water yeah exactly i think technology yeah i think the fact that for example, i didn't even know about for example the fitness us and the zero gravity chamber but i think the fact that even for example we all didn't think that it was possible especially in a playground of anything mm-hmm. uh but that sort of shows the fact that the expo not only is it we, i can't even wrap my head around how many 
amazing uh, sites there will be to how we can even uh, begin to think about how like the depth of how much they've thought into this and also all the different topics they've covered so they've talked they've covered sustainability uh, diversity youth fitness uh, even fun and just entertainment in general culture I think almost any every single aspect that could have been t- possibly covered they've covered that and exceeded it which I think is yeah. yes. worth having exactly. described yes, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. I was thinking that how what Karma said just shows that the expo is trying to touch on as many different aspects as it can to help improve the future for everyone, not just certain people. Yeah. Last minute thoughts for the expo. Is anyone planning to go anytime soon? Maybe their family with yeah. them? Well, considering that it's actually now free, even season pass tickets are free, yeah. I'm going to convince my mom to let me go because it seems like an amazing experience to yeah. see sure. what every different pavilion has to offer yeah. for so many different topics and aspects. And I'm glad that you said that because they're actual season tickets. And I think season tickets are the best idea they could have made. Yeah, exactly. Because this expo is so big, you can't just yeah, you can't yeah. cover around it. It's yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, can cover one in an entire day. I think maybe yeah, exactly. one sector for day. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's a community and not just uh, an attraction to see. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's not like a basic fun fair or an amusement park that you can visit for one day and know everything. It's a huge event that actually takes a few months to know, or at least a few weeks. Luckily. yeah. (laughs) Luckily, it's from October to March, so we don't need to go immediately. We can see different seasons, different festivals, because I believe they have something for Halloween, they have something for Christmas, so it's something for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, speaking of which, I also think they're making massive strides in healthcare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think in an unexpected country, Belarus, they are making these 4D printed cells. Yeah. And I don't understand how they're doing this because I thought the only dimension we could comprehend is 3D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Apparently, one of the top 50 attractions is this 4D printed cell. And we'll have to go there to see. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But this will basically create a new generation bioprinter, which can reproduce living cells. So it's mitosis, but (laughs) with technology. (laughs) And you can see it. Yeah. I think that honestly, this is just incredible, especially considering how I think, I remember when I was in year five and such, uh, we we finally got a 3D printer at my primary school, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. I think that at sort of that time, that was the new, that was considered to be like the best and newest technology available for schools. And here we are, you know, 4D printing actual human cells. Yes. Yeah, but I think that the fact that this happened, especially in the span of like less than 10 years, really shows not only how fast Dubai and the UAE is sort of uh, accumulating to this sort of amazing, right. all these ideas combined, but also just really shows how fast and uh, how, like, how fast we're advancing and honestly i can't even comprehend like how excited i am for the expo yeah we yeah. all are yeah. yeah but yeah and another really interesting aspect is from a philanthropic aspect mm-hmm. because they are donating technologies such as these one daughter surgeries i'm not sure how credible that is but since it's coming from the expo it must be and these one dollar eye surgeries are sent to rural areas oh, wow. such as wow. nepal and pakistan uh-huh. And people who are colorblind or have cataracts um, can get these surgeries, which are um, micro-printed in these small, tiny machines. And I just find that amazing because they 
They, these machines must have been very expensive to produce and research, let alone send to these rural communities. And Definitely. It gives yeah. a touch of like technological ex exposure to everyone, even with people who can make it or can afford it. The expo is giving out to rather than receiving a large number of people. Exactly. It yeah. shows that the hub of the actual expo isn't the only place where people can go to be affected. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to touch on something before we ended about the partnerships, because not only are countries making huge strides to improve what they possibly can, so are some massive partners. For example, PepsiCo is now debuting something called the Aquafina water station at its new store called Pepsi Go. And the water station is insane because you can choose still water, you can choose sparkling water, you can choose tons of different flavors. And their new reusable bottles will actually sink to it so that it's personalized every time you go back there. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that also it's amazing how they found a way to even excite and revolutionize something as simple as bottled drinking most water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of partners, Everest is also one of the partners. And what Everest has done is that they're talking about the future of aircraft cabin design. And Emirates, especially with first class, is renowned and really well known. Yeah. And somehow they're taking it to the next level, including robotic arms in the cabins. Wow. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since Emirates is also partnering up, they're also giving out free transit expo tickets oh, yeah. to anyone who comes from a destination to Dubai over the course of the expo. So if wow. you're traveling to Dubai, well, you might as well get a free ticket. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that in the article from Khalid Times. It yeah. gives passengers free tickets to the expo. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because also it sort of shows that uh, they're really trying to draw on all tourism and sort of go to the expo as well, which is amazing because if I was traveling to the expo, if I was traveling, for example, to Dubai for a winter holiday, the fact that I can sort of go to one of the most uh, sort of waited for events of almost a decade for free is, you know, it would be a... Um, It'd be obvious I'd have to go. But yeah, that's a, that's a, also that's a very smart idea, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. They're just trying fun. to draw in as many people as they can. Yeah. And they're also trying to make sure that everyone can come, no matter their age or if they're a person of determination. Yeah. They're doing their, the yeah. best they can with what <laughs> they have. Yeah. And somehow it's created this amazing feat of ingenuity <laughs> and innovation. Exactly. Yeah. So... That's the event of the decade. That's what we're all waiting for. <laughs> yes. Can't yeah. wait. Eight years. Yeah. It's been eight years since it was announced. Eight years that. in the waiting. Yeah. And go visit it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm telling you, go visit it because yeah. we all are excited to see what's in store for us. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed our Dialogue Central podcast on Expo 2020. We're really excited about it, aren't we? Yeah, we all are. I'm definitely yeah. visiting. I must say, I think it's a non... <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's go that, get the yeah, tickets. I think that it's obvious that everyone should go because it is quite amazing. And I think it will be definitely one of the history books, and to say yes. the least. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more Dialogue Central episodes. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.